the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 108 of the Severe MMA Podcast is back. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I'm here like I'm every week with Liverpool's biggest fan, Graham McDonald. We're going to discuss all the big news from the week of MMA, UFC 209, Cage Warriors, uh, GSP's return where he's going to be fighting Michael Bisping and we're going to look ahead to the Brazilian card coming up this week uh, along with some other things and we're going to be answering your questions as well. Before we get into all that, let, let me give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. If you need supplements this in Ireland, this is definitely the place to go. You can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERMMA. ROS Nutrition have all the stuff you need for a healthy, good life from protein and amino acids to things for sports performance, strength and conditioning, green foods, vitamins and antioxidants, um, all that good stuff over there. Head on over rosnutrition.com. Use the promo code SEVERMMA when you're at the checkout. Get 25% off your first order. Boom. Graham, how are things with you? Good weekend. Long weekend it was. A lot of sport, a yeah. lot of MMA. How are you feeling today? It's what, Sunday night here, 11, 11 p.m. We're bringing you out an early episode of the Severe MMA podcast this week. You feeling good? Yeah, it was a good, it was a, it was a good week of, or a good two weeks of MMA for uh, Ireland and, and in the UFC. Obviously, 209 was a really good card. Even with Kabab, Khabib and Rigamado falling off the card. Kabab, but did you call him Kabab? <laughs> <laughs> Kebab and Rigamado. Too many, too many kebabs and Rigamado. I suppose we'll, we'll start with that. So that you you brought it up, like Habib falling off the card. Obviously, was a huge story coming into it. For me, for you, that was I think that was the most enjoyable card or the most uh, enjoyable fight on the card. Even though we thought the main event would be a little bit better, but we, we'll get to that soon. How devastated were you when when it actually fell out? Yeah, it was pretty. I think everybody was pretty <laughs> pretty down about the whole thing. The whole MMA community. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I shared out the, the, the Cage Warriors weigh-ins on um, Reddit and people replied like, not now, this is not about Khabib, <laughs> I don't want to hear, I don't want to know. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, I suppose, what can you do really, uh, we, we still, I don't think the full um, breakdown of actually what happened has come out, but basically... Habib was struggling to make weight. Um, his body kind of shut down him and he went bad on him and they went to himself and his team went to a hospital. Uh, Dana White came out afterwards and said they should have come to the UFC first. And when he said that, he, I think he meant come to the UFC and they'll advise him what to do, which hospital to go to, you know, go to the UFC's yeah, medical I think, I think he said since that uh, Dana said that uh, he went to the hospital severely dehydrated, which is obviously what most fighters are before the fight, and the hospital immediately pumped him full of fluids because yeah. that's what you do when somebody's severely dehydrated. But the UFC doctor might have been able to, might have been able to, um, I don't know, I don't know what the UFC doctor would have done, but he's had have his experience with this and he wouldn't have done that so so quickly according to Dana anyway. Yeah, I think this is, uh, every time a fighter misses weight or pulls out of, a, 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 or not pulls out of a fight, but gets pulled out of a fight due to circumstances, I think it's, we're left in kind of an odd situation because obviously he tried hard, he didn't want to fall out of the fight, you know, he wanted a fight, but Dominic Cruz, I think, said it, you know, if, you, if you're making weight, you should be making it professionally, and I think, you know, Habib has made that weight pretty well, I think, before, he's not the biggest 155 well, in the world. He- Against Trahio yeah, before as well. 
Yeah, but he's made it plenty of times. I think all of his fights have been at uh, 155. The, I, I could be wrong there, but all of his fights in the UFC anyway. Darwin Dar- Dar- Horcher was, one, was 160 catch weight. Yeah, that thing, because it was on chart notice, yeah. But what, what do you think? Do you think it's unprofessional or do you just think, you know, it was his body? Uh, I didn't actually see, him? but a, yeah. apparently people were saying he was eating like tiramisu and he, he was, was yeah. I don't know. Did you see that? Well, yeah. When, when um, was that? Was it a... It was it was unembedded. He ordered tiramisu before he ordered his dinner in in uh, unembedded uh, during a restaurant, and he said, "Oh, this is like a Russian thing." So, did, did you think it was strange that he was cutting weight on the first first or second episode and embedded in the in the sauna as well? I thought that was a bit early to be cutting the water weight out. Yeah, it's it's difficult to know with those embedded because you don't actually know when they're filmed. You know, some like you know they probably mix up the times and it's not all done the same. But yeah, I suppose I suppose that it was early in the week that that embedded video came out though, and he was in he was in the sauna like dripping dripping sweat. Like it was, it was strange. It, it, I did, and Tony Ferguson even said it to him at the stare down after the, or what was the stare down the day before the weigh-ins. Yeah. He said like, "Oh, enjoy that weight cut. You'll be sucking air." And he obviously knew that Khabib was having a bit of a tough time with the weight cut. He must have got word from somebody in in the UFC or around the around the event. Usually, when that happens, it's an injury. That's usually what happens. You, if you go back and look at lads, you know, who struggle to make weight or bad weight cuts, if yeah. they're not huge at the weight, like say like a McGregor or like a Glacian Tebow or something like that. You know, it's an injury. You know, they can't. You know, they can't get on the bike to cycle because their knee, or they can't go out running to. You know, they can't yeah. do their cardio. That's usually, a, and that hasn't come out or anything. But if I was to guess, I'd say that's it because, you know, as I said, there on professional Dominic Cruz is talking about it. Habib doesn't come across as a guy like that. That's unprofessional. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Conor McGregor was injured before the Mendez fight, and he his body went a weird shade of grey, but he still made weight. You know. You, I think you, 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 I don't know what happened with Khabib, but like we don't really know yet. But like uh, fighters, it's not as if this hasn't happened before. The other fighters, where they're injured going into the fight, they and they manage to make weight, like no matter what. Yeah, um, I suppose moving on, they tried to make the Michael Johnson fight. Um, he accepted the fight. He's, I'm not sure if he could make weight or if they were going to make a catch weight, but it, it never happened anyway. But uh, Tony Ferguson turned down the fight because they were giving him less money and they were taking away the title. Which, in my opinion, is, is fair enough. I think he is, and probably because of the Lando Venata incident as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, people don't know he took the Lando Venata fight in Charlton Norris and you know got beat up for maybe a round and a half before he turned the tables and and finished Lando. But that's a guy he's lost to before. It's uh, if they are offered yeah. him the same money, kept the belt on the line. I think he probably would have taken it, but. Why? I, yeah, I, I think he always wanted that fight back because he broke his arm in that fight and, and ended up losing, mm-hmm. he thinks, because of that. But I think after the Lando Venata thing, he, he's got the Khabib uh, interim title fight or the Connor fight coming up. He doesn't want to risk it. And he's going to get his... I don't know if he, Dana kind of phrased this strangely. I don't know if he's going to get his show pay or if he got paid. Dana said he got paid. But I don't know if that if that is... A, I think it was 275 grand, somebody said. Or uh, some um, website reported that his show pay was. So I don't know if he got the full thing, but uh, I think he just he he doesn't want to risk it, and uh, with and uh, that's fair enough. That's his choice. Like he didn't sign a bout agreement for anybody else except Khabib, so he's well within his rights to say I don't want to fight anybody else. Yeah, I suppose looking ahead, then there's a lot of different things at play here. You obviously have McGregor, who's who's still the champion. He there's talks of him fighting Floyd Mayweather. Doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon, but I suppose you just never know. You have the option to make the Habib Tony fight again, 
but Habib is going to be on Ramadan pretty pretty soon. I think it's over the summer. Um, so there's that's weird. What what do you think they they're going to do next, or what should? They well, do? if if Connor comes, if Connor's coming back, I'd say they'll probably do Tony and Connor. But if Connor is going to take a while longer or go do a boxing bout, then I think that, that I think they'll do uh, they'll set the fight up for the fourth time. There could be even Tony fight, but uh, if 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 Tony fights Connor. Uh, then I'd say they hopefully will do. Will finally do the Aldo and Khabib fight. <laughs> oh, I'd love us. Uh, I'm not sure if they will know. Make it happen, Connor. Make it happen, <laughs> Make it happen Connor. Connor. Come yeah, come, come on. on you you can save us. You're the only one. Uh, I don't think they will though because I think Khabib is or um yeah, Aldo is fighting. Uh, kind of nice following. Oh, we can't have nice things. Both of them would pull out fucking injured after the win. Like that's that's just what had happened. But look <laughs> for McGregor too and Habib going forward. He probably has to get away from the whole McGregor talk now because McGregor's not going to take that fight because he said it, you know. And you, you said, I think you said it last oh. week. Yeah, like someone tweeted the quote but with McGregor basically saying, "Why would I sign on to fight him when he's not going to turn up?" And he's a Paulie Merchant. Yeah, yeah said, that yeah. that might Smith sound a bit glib or a bit bad from his part, but if you're looking at his from his point of view. Why is he going to do all this press? Why is he going to promote this fight? And he, it's something, you know, there's a high possibility now that he's going to, he's not going to make it because he's so injury prone, now missing weight as well on top of it. You, and Khabib's you know. totally, totally uh, unproven as a draw on pay per view as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely is true. Um, I look, I'd still love to see the fight happen. I think when the Aldo fight went away that I really wanted, I think this is the the best fight you can make, and I, I think they really should make it. Obviously, look, I think actually McGregor fighting either Tony or Habib is an unbelievable fight as well. But and if in a perfect world, I think McGregor against Tony Ferguson is the fight to, to make next. But this isn't a perfect world, and we're going to get that pointless boxing match between McGregor and uh, and Mayweather it looks like and then you know I suppose well, I don't know if it looks like it but yeah well, it seems more likely than ever but yeah yeah we, we'll see anyway I suppose sure we'll, we'll be talking about that in the future anyway let's move on to the fights that actually did happen well I don't know what you called it a fight really you had a staring match between Tyron Woodley I actually, I actually enjoyed it to be honest the, oh, obviously the first so. couple of rounds were very slow but I uh, it, it was a real chess match uh, I, I was I was definitely um watching very closely and enjoying it to be honest I thought it was absolutely horrendous I thought the first match was a good, first fight was a good chess match like that when Woodley was popping and going out when um um Wonderboy Thompson was trying to go in and land in a couple of his jabs and stuff but but we spoke about it last week, and I think the key to this fight was if Wonderboy could up his pace, up his output, land more shots, and if Woodley could find the target more, find the, the takedowns more. And Woodley found less. He, okay, he got one takedown, but he the same or less found less shots. He he landed one, maybe two in the last round, landed a small grazing one in the second round, and nothing else. Wonderboy landed loads of body shots, but almost nodding to the head, maybe two head kicks that kind of didn't even uh, fully hit uh, Woodley. And that was it. You know, I I think one, of the, one of the head kicks did kind of stun Woodley for a second, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't full power. I think uh, uh, Wonderboy Thompson was very tentative to throw his, or very afraid to throw his kicks because of the takedown in the first two rounds. And then in the third round, he'd been taken down by Woodley. So he kind of knew he'd lost that round and he could throw a few kicks. And he actually had good success compared to the the first uh or more success compared to the first few rounds in in the in the little bits in the in the times that he did throw the the kicks and the spinning attacks but then he went in the fourth round he went back to kind of 
trying to to just outpoint uh, Woodley and Woodley didn't want to lead and it just turned into a, as you say a bit of a staring match but I, I actually enjoyed watching it I thought, like it was kind of like at any moment either one could explode and you, you couldn't take your eyes off it kind of thing but obviously it wasn't the best fight ever and like that there was way better fights than the undercard yeah I think that's grand for one one and a half coming up like you see that with Anderson Silva fights before but when it happens for four rounds and four minutes <laughs> It, it just gets a bit much like there was not and especially well, after uh, yeah especially after it happened in the first fight as well it was basically the same fight except less happened and i i don't think there was that tenseness like uh, watching say the david hay tony bellew boxing match there at the weekend there was kind of you you thought someone was going to get knocked out at any stage you know you were just waiting for a mark hunt against jds from years ago you know it was it was like that it was tense you were on a knife edge kind of thing are on the like on the edge of your seat, but I I didn't feel that at all at all in this. I don't know, like Wonderboy was catching him with some nice counters, definitely doing the smoother, better work, but there was just nothing for me. I don't think either guy did enough. I was very very disappointed in both of them. I thought it was a horrendous fight, and you know, just a bad bad fight. And I was expecting to be a lot better than the first one, and it just didn't. It didn't, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't really see how how Wonder or uh, Woodley ended up getting the decision, especially with the with the old rules being in place at the time. Uh, I thought one, two, and four were pretty clearly uh, Thompson. I can see a ten eight in the third. I can see why people gave that, but I wouldn't because yeah, uh, in the fifth, you mean? Well. Or in the fifth, sorry. Um, he he only had a, about twenty seconds of dominance. I think uh, he he definitely dropped uh, Thompson. Uh, and then, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he had his wits about him still. And then he, on, when he got up, he got hit with that big right hook and got dropped. And then he got like hit to the back of the head and he was definitely all over the place. But uh, it, the rest of the round was, was very tentative. And, and that's that, and this, like, that's the scoring, especially even in the new system. I think, I think uh, John McCarthy called it the three D's. Uh, what is it? Uh, domination, damage, and duration. You need two of them three for a 10-8 round. And he didn't have the duration or the domination of the round. He only had the damage. So um, I think it was a 10-9 round for for uh, Woodley. And I think it should have been 48-47 for Wonderboy. That, it was yeah. close. It was close. I don't think it was a robbery. Any, anyone who scored out a 10-8, go back and listen to the last 90 seconds of what Graham just said there. Because that's perfect. It was 100% a 10-9 round. Was not a 10 8 round. I agree with you in the new scoring system, it wasn't a 10 10 uh, 8 round either. Um, in the old scoring system, definitely not. Um, I think every round was pretty easy to score. The one that kind of swung it was the second round. And this is, uh, I saw a lot of people talking about this online, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people misunderstanding the rules here. Are, implementing the rules they want them to implement, or they want them to be to, to be implemented, right? People are looking at that that scored for Tyron Woodley. They're looking at the shot Tyron Woodley landed, which grazed Wonderboy with the glove and cut him under his eye, right? They're saying he won the round because of that, because of that damage, right? If you're that's looking, cosmetic damage. It's not even real damage. 100%. There's aesthetic damage, I call it, like that. And then like, impact damage. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Wonderboy, look at the shots Wonderboy landed to his body. And body shots count. I make no mistake about it. Look at the shot Wonderboy landed to his eye that made his eye swell up. For me, that the one that made his eye swell up was more of a sh- more of a damaging shot than the one that caught Wonderboy. If you want to say the same, fair enough. But didn't look at all the body shots Wonderboy landed. There's there's no way in hell that you can score that round for Tyron Woodley. He did nothing else apart from... Okay, he la- he, sorry, he did. He actually landed one... 
he landed a better shot on Wonderboy than the one that cut him. And he landed those two shots. And that was it. Wonderboy landed maybe five, six good, very, very good shots to the body. And he landed that punch to the, the I think it was a right hook to the eye that uh, that made uh, Woodley's eye swell up. You, There's only one way to score that round. It was 100% a Wonderboy, Wonderboy round. The first round was, I thought it was actually even a little bit closer than the second round. N- almost nothing happened. Woodley did nothing at all, didn't land a punch. And Wonderboy was landing those little teeps to the body. He landed a few leg kicks, actually, which I was surprised he actually threw early because uh, I thought Woodley would catch him, and I thought that was going to be how the fight would go on. I thought he'd get a little bit of confidence from that, but he just never did. He never opened up. I, like, Personally, I thought it was a really, really easy fight to score. It was obviously three rounds to two to Wonderboy. I was really surprised when they read out the decision. I didn't see any way Tyron Woodley won that fight, and I don't think he did win it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I had a 48-47 for, for Wonderboy. Yeah. I think um I think I think uh the right hand he was just trying to counter that right hand of Woodley and then Woodley knew he was trying to counter that and, and Woodley is a bit one dimensional like he, he, not one dimensional but he's he's a bit uh limited in the striking um he's obviously very explosive and stuff but uh I thought uh, I thought Dominic Cruz did a good job during the fight of of kind of talking people through it and keeping keeping uh, it interesting and not just saying not just saying generic stuff uh, I thought I think Cruz is actually get, Dominic Cruz is as uh, a commentator is getting he's gotten way better really 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 quickly. I saw uh, somebody tweeted a picture of him interviewing Paul Craig at the the media day. He was basically at the media day interviewing them, taking notes, learning about them, what they their their personal stories and their fight their fights, what they like and all that stuff. Um, and I think uh, he kind of like uh, corrected Joe a few times. They're kind of Joe said, "Oh, nobody expected that." And Dominic Cruz said, "Well, you didn't anyway." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was funny. I like that. We'll just get back to what's next for the welterweights in a second. But on Dominic Cruz, uh, I think he's the future. I thought he was great. I thought the three-man boot worked brilliantly this time. I think he, from the very start, he made it to be like kind of buddy-buddy with Joe Rogan and then kind of started kind of slagging him a bit, as you said there. (laughs) And it worked. Like, it just did work. Anik was speaking more. I think the boys knew when to shut up and let Anik speak as well, you know, when things needed to be presented. When there was something that really didn't need to be analysed and something that just needed to be said, if that, that kind of makes sense. I think that happened. And I think... I think Dominic Cruz is just the best analyst in the world at MMA, yeah. to be honest. He is I think Dominic Cruz, brilliant. like, I actually had a chance to, after uh, we were filming for Connor's documentary and uh, UFC 178, and he made his comeback against Mizugaki, and uh, Demetrius Johnson was the main event, and we were back in the locker room, and I was just uh, waiting for Connor. We were sitting beside Dominic Cruz watching the, the DJ and Carriasco fight, and he was he just watched his fights, and he was talking about it like he was a, a pundit or like he was analysing it the whole time anyway, even when that wasn't his job. So I think it's the perfect fit for him, and he seems to be way more comfortable already. He seems to be comf- complete, nearly completely comfortable in the boot already. Like we were kind of saying a couple of weeks ago, that maybe he's going to take a bit of time, but he seems to be. I was very impressed with his with his com- commentary. I thought, like that was a, that was a fight where loads of fans were booing, and he, I thought he kind of kept it more interesting as well for even for casuals who who don't really know what's going on most of the time. Yeah, is is he a little bit too hardcore though? Is it, do you need? A level of understanding of the fights, understand what he, he says, or well, I think you, know, you have Anik and Rogan to kind of say the basic things, and then him to true. go into into depth. Yeah, that is very true. He was talking a lot about underhooks and overhooks and things like that, but I, I that's actually a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe him. I, I think 
that for him to be in the three man boot, he's the perfect one, as you say, because he brings that extra analysis. I think in a two man boot, I think Brian Sand is actually best because he brings that thing where, as you said, there he was interviewing the fighters. He brings a little bit of story about him, brings their background, and then brings the analysis as well. I think he can kind of do both of those jobs. Whereas I think Rogan's analysis. It's it's good when it gets to the ground and stuff, and I I think it's overall very good. But I don't think he has it as in depth as Dominic Cruz, and he I don't think he's as enthusiastic. Uh, yeah, I don't. I was going to say unbiased, but that's the wrong word. I think Rogan likes what he likes, kind of. Whereas Dominic Cruz likes everything. You know, if someone do, does something good, he'll he'll say that, and he you know he yeah, won't look at it from one side. And I think Dominic Cruz is very enthusiastic about it, and uh, Joe Rogan's kind of—he's starting to phone it in a bit. I think he even kind of hinted at that, or said it in a roundabout way on his podcast a couple of times, that he likes to just turn up and just go. It's kind of like he doesn't really put in the the background work. He kind of goes off memory, and sometimes his memory doesn't seem to be up up to scratch. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I think having someone like that—it's like Darren Fletcher in the midfield when Roy Keane was getting old. You know, does he's running for him? I think um, Dominic Cruz does that for uh, for Joe Rogan. So uh, yeah, <laughs> good, good all around. But just getting back to the light, the welterweight picture for a while. What do you think is next? Like Maya is booked in a fight with Jorge Masvidal. Oddly enough, like two weeks before this fight. Um, like Robbie Lawler's the next one up then in, in yeah, the rankings. Scrap, scrap, scrap that Masvidal fight and put yeah. Maya in. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, I think Maya's been waiting too long. Like, it just I know Masvidal had a great win there, but Maya's been waiting there for for years trying to get that title shot. It's ridiculous for this age. Like. I think Patrick made a good point to me there just before we started. He said, put Wonderboy against Masvidal and have Maya against Woodley. I think that makes sense. You know, yeah. those are two good fights. But I'd watch both of them happily. Yeah. yeah, that's not going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? Is it going to be Nick Diaz? It's going to be Nate Diaz. That's what I'm thinking of. <sighs> um, if it's either the Diaz brothers, I hope it's Nate. Yeah, but I, uh, I think they might do the Maya one. They might do the Maya one. I think like even even Woodley's kind of like let's do Maya. <laughs> even he's like I feel for the guy. Like he, he's been waiting there, and he's not getting any younger. Maya. Um, and I think Maya's really exciting. I know some people don't like the ground game, but I think Maya's uh, style of ground game is is very exciting, even to casual fans. Uh, he's always putting the work in. He's never just stenching around and side control happy happily. He's always trying to advance and get the finish. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think it's a John Fitch situation where they don't want him stinking up the division as champion. But uh, I, I think they should just yeah, I think they will, they should do that. But it's really hard to know what WME LMG are going to do these days. Yeah, if I, if I had to bet, I think it's going to be Nick Diaz. <laughs> I do, I do. I just think it, like, if if Maya wasn't booked in a fight now, I say, oh yeah, Maya is the next one. That's going to happen. But it, it just doesn't look like it. Like, it, yeah, Maya it's unlikely now because he's booked in a fight. They, yeah. they don't really scrap fights that often unless they mm -hmm. have to. And then, when is that fight coming up? That's, that's a good while away. Like they're probably going to want to put this title. They got announced it a week or two ago, did it? Yeah. yeah. On international, uh, this fight's probably going to be an international fight week. Usually, you know, they usually have the big titles on the line around then. Um, so it's it's an odd one, I suppose. As we as we say a lot, time will tell uh, going forward. But uh, let's move to the undercard. Well, the rest of the card. Um, Overeem and Hunt. Yeah, Overeem and Hunt. Let's let's start with that one. Oh, just so. <laughs> you did actually. Fuck it. Uh, you 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 didn't call it exactly though. You 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 thought, and I thought as well. It, was, it might be a wrestling clinic if if. Uh, well, he did. He outgrappled him and need the shit out of him uh, against the cage for a good while to the body and then to the head at the end. I thought the wrestling, the kind of 
Greco-Roman wrestling of Overeem kind of stifled Hunt and tired him out. And he didn't really land any big punches up against Cage. Overeem didn't, but he landed some massive knees to the body and uh, obviously to the head at the end of the fight. Yeah. I thought Mark Hunt looked a little bit old, or maybe it's just because he didn't really care, but he's still dangerous, Mark Hunt is. Yeah. But I thought it was an odd fight. As you say, you know, as we talked about last week, we thought might, there might be a little bit of wrestling or, you know, freestyle wrestling on the ground wrestling, and there re- wasn't really. But uh, it was. I tweeted out, I thought it was a, a very brave effort for Al- from Alistair Overeem. Like, he s- basically stood with Mark Hunt. He, you know, he threw those teeps. He threw his stretch shots. He gave Hunt opportunities, you know. Bleaks as well. Yeah, if Hunt had been on his game, you know, there was the opportunities there. Now, when it actually got close, I know you mentioned those knees and stuff. When it got against the cage and in the clinch, there was a lot of success for Overeem. But I think Hunt actually won when it got maybe very a very close range without him being actually, you know, stuck together or clinched. He landed those beautiful elbows and nearly knocked Overeem out twice with those elbows. They were brilliant. He didn't seem to. Didn't seem to Hunt didn't seem to realize how rocked he had over him, and he kind of just let him off the hook. It was it was actually I think in the in the round in the third round that he got finished in. He, he kind of over him was shelling up as he as he as he likes to do when he when he's rocked. Yeah. Um, and Hunt just kind of backed away. Maybe he just kind of expended too much energy and needed needed a minute or needed a few seconds to to get a breath. But that 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 was his big chance to to turn the fight around and add to the night of comebacks. Yeah, it was it was, it was a mad card, right? But Matt, for Mark Hunt, where do you think he goes from now? Do you think after this loss, do you think he gives the UFC a reason to cut him, or like you see too much of a big commodity mm. to let Bellator get him a rising? Is he out of contract? Is he? I don't think he is. I'm I'm not sure, but he has that lawsuit coming up. Obviously, he's suing him over the, the yeah. whole Brock Lesnar fiasco. That's not going to go well. I wouldn't say yeah. for Hunt. Um, yeah, I'd say he'll just fight again. Like if he, if he fought this time after after fighting the lawsuit in this fight, he's probably just gonna fight again. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Over him, you know, it was a good win for Over him. Very impressive as well. I think a lot of people maybe criticized Over him. Obviously, if he failed the drug test before, and a lot of people were calling him Uberim and said that he might struggle after the whole Usada oh, era. Right. <laughs> he's done. He's done extremely well. I think he's actually improved as a fighter and shown yeah. that he has Jackson's has done uh, brilliant skills. Him. Yeah, exactly. I was on submission radio earlier, and I, I mentioned that as well. Jackson's. He just his game plans now are really good. At the weekend, you know, that was that was brilliant. He protected his chin. He, he fought extremely well. You know, out of his last what six fights, he's only lost to Mayotic, and he nearly knocked him out as well for the for the heavyweight title. And you know, there's big things still to come from over him. What about the Cain Velasquez fight? Do you think that that's that is the one to make? Yeah, I, I actually really want to see that. Yeah. Um, I hope maybe Cain needs a fucking warm up fight though. Yeah, maybe. maybe I don't want to see Cain just go out there out of shape. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see Cain directly. <laughs> Surely Cain can win that, but maybe he'll win like it'll be a main event and he'll win like four and a yeah. half rounds, and then he'll just get Donkey Kong at the end. And <laughs> He'll win like four, ten, seven rounds in a row, and Derek Lewis will knock him out. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, bringing Shemi to to train for it now, but uh, yeah, no, uh, exciting times ahead, I suppose. Um, just another a couple more fights in that card. Cynthia Cavillo came in against Amanda Cooper. Very, very impressive. Yeah, she looked great. Didn't she? Looked that back take was beautiful. Yeah. Wasn't it? What was it? It was an anaconda choke, and then she took her back yeah. from the anaconda. It was actually good defense by uh, Amanda Cooper. She kind of toughed it out and turned her whole body around, and she just turned her hips and popped onto her back beautifully. 
and uh, got the got the finish. Yeah, I rate Amanda Cooper as well. I think she's a she's a pretty good fighter and very tough. Uh, anyway, yeah. like she she usually doesn't get dispatched like that very easily like that. Anyway. Yeah, and Calvillo just absolutely destroyed her. Another team alpha male uh, a lady coming out team alpha male like Paige Van Zandt and a few more. You know, they're growing another good team, obviously, with Cody Garbrandt holding the, the Bantamweight title now as well. You know, can we can we talk about can we can we talk about the master of the long con, the master of deception, Dan Kelly? We, we sure can faking all those knee injuries. We sure can. Faking all those knee injuries. <laughs> Man gone around like <laughs> He's put he's put eleven years into this fake knee injury thing, and it's just working a charm. There's nothing wrong with those. He's like a junior B hurler that's about forty years, <laughs> still playing junior B hurling, and his knees are just wrapped the fuck. And he's like coming into the dressing room after games, telling lads, "Look, we won't drink now before the next game, lads. We won't do it. You know, we'll take this one. We'll take this one seriously." That's Dan Kelly. Yeah, he wears you. a t-shirt no matter how cold it is. Like. <laughs> a tough nut like he, he prides himself on just being the toughest man ever mm. he didn't even bother trying to put he didn't even put his uh knee wrap over his bandaged knee properly before the fight started he's just like yeah there's my injured knee go for it see what happens <laughs> and it was the master of the it was a brilliant display by him you, ha- you know you have to give it to him uh I just, look, he looked, I, he looked great like he, he, he rashad couldn't overcome his left hand he, he it wasn't like anything any mad striking it was very simple striking from dan kelly but it was very effective he uh he had like nice little trips as well on rashad he kept kept rashad guessing he did like he just mixing it up a bit um and like he's so good at judo that rashad kind of was not really going to his wrestling game once the once the striking was working out and when he did he obviously felt the strength of of uh Dan, Dan Kelly and try to go back to striking and he just kind of got beaten everywhere Rashad yeah I thought, like the hand fighting was something that I have to mention absolutely brilliant uh, like John Jones it to Rashad Evans when he obviously watched that fight I think as you mentioned there the straight left hand it was something which and maybe not the straight left but the whole beating him in the boxing realm and kind of taking away his game not not letting him get into rhythm was something Little Nog did as well when, when he fought Rashad uh, I thought that was very similar. It was obviously it was obvious that Dan Kelly was well schooled on all Rashad Evans fights and ways to beat him. Um, but I thought you know his fundamentals were pretty good. His footwork he didn't move much, but he was always in the right place. You know, as I said again, the hand fighting gave Rashad Evans nothing. Landed that straight left all the time, and he could do it all because of that judo base. He did you know the threat of the takedown isn't there. He's putting combos together. Like Rashad was kind of looking mm-hmm. for single shots, and he was just he, there was more volume, and he and he was he was throwing more, and he was landing more, more than Rashad. And Rashad got nothing going on the ground. He he took uh, Dan down for a split second at one stage, but he just powered back up. Like he's just freakishly strong, old man strength. Um, I think somebody somebody tweeted. I can't remember who it was, but they tweeted. It might have been Mookie Alexander. Actually, he tweeted uh, that was uh, Dan Kelly's hardest fight since he fought in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. But yeah, he's like he's pretty good. I want to see him fight Anderson Silva. There you go. I said it. Lo- everyone yeah, agreed. That, actually. Let's, let's, what was it? Fuck it. Anderson Silva versus Dan. <laughs> yeah, makes, makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, it makes sense. But Rashad, I thought Rashad actually looked good at the weight. You know, I I didn't think he looked that drained. I thought he looked healthy. I thought he looked fit. I thought he looked pretty fast enough. It was just Kelly beat him technically, really. And I hope this isn't. Um, 
this isn't a decision for Rashad to kind of blame the weight and go back to light heavyweight. I don't yeah. think that. I'd like to see him give it one more go at middleweight, and if it doesn't work out, he's done enough. You know, I I've think he's done. He, I've actually thought he should have went to 185 for years and fought yeah. Anderson Silva. Like I don't know why he didn't. I think the mystique of Anderson Silva, maybe all the highlight real knockouts, he was just like, I'm all right here. Um, especially after losing to Machida, maybe he maybe he thought, mm, I'm I'm good. But uh, Dan Kelly, like he, he just he's he's been surprising people for years in the UFC. He's just he just gets it done. He's just a tough nut, and he's got simple but effective striking. And he, his judo is great. His grappling is good. He's he's really strong, and he's just he's just a really good fighter. <laughs> it's, it's it's you look at him, you don't think he's gonna be a really good fighter, but he just is. Yeah, that's true. I thought this was gonna be a warm-up fight, Rashad, but I was wrong. I've been known to be wrong before, but uh, I'll be wrong again. Uh, let's move on. There's a lot of good fights in this. Uh, before we get to the undercard, let's talk about David Timor against uh, Landa Venata. I think another Take one. Care of your underwears, man. Take care of your underwears. Yeah, yeah. Another one. I kind of <clears throat> another one. I kind of wrote off going into this, uh, <clears throat> but David Timor came out. You know, he's Muay Thai was just phenomenal. I think he's superior fundamental technique won him this fight from like the second half of the fight on uh <clears throat> i thought lando i thought lando won was it the i think lando won the first round and in tamer won the the next two uh although you know 30 the minutes ever. Close, i thought yeah. uh, i thought i edged the first one to lando and then the third was uh tamer yeah uh, I, th- I think uh, lando he's obviously very flashy and high energy like he landed a real nice cartwheel kick he was throwing spinning shots uh he was, as Dominic Cruz said, he was throwing unorthodox replies to to strikes, um, but high energy, and he got tired. And as we were, as me and you were saying, I think last week, he gets hit a lot. He he always gets hit a lot, and that slows you down as well. And uh, a tough nut like uh, Tamer, there's a few, a few tough nuts on this card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tamer, like he's Muay Thai, he's he's he's, take, he's taking shots all his life. And like them Muay Thai guys are are really tough. Like they they can they can take serious damage and keep coming back and he just he just overwhelmed him in the end and just um the superman punch he landed was absolutely beautiful as well like the both guys can take a serious shot like a lot of guys would have went down for some of the shots that were landed yeah they were taking a licking and coming back ticking there were both of them throughout this fight well like maybe uh, maybe 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 did win the fight bt sport decided to or didn't decide <laughs> to but who knows what happened in the last 30 seconds of the yeah. third round because bt sports Pulled up a maintenance screen and then took went back for a split second and then took an ad break. Yeah, Lando won by a Japanese necktie, I think, in, in the last 20 seconds. Of that one. <laughs> yeah, they'll never yeah. let us show that again. <laughs> I think it happened there. Yeah, but it was a brilliant fight. Obviously, fight at night, I thought it was it was absolutely uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Tamer missed in a few takedowns as mm-hmm. well. He's, he's definitely improving all the time since the ultimate, like the ultimate fighter wasn't that long ago and he, he looked very raw on the ultimate fighter as an MMA fighter, but he looked like more of just a striker. But you think he surprised Lando and, and I think some of them takedowns were vital in them winning the decision as well. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to mention as well. Like, I think Lando actually has the takedowns in his in his back pocket as well. But he, I think he got one takedown. Um, Lando did, but he, he could have got more. Like in a close fight like that, I know. I think it was thirty twenty seven uh, to Tamer on every judge's card, but that doesn't really really tell. Like, if he got one or two takedowns, he could have won that fight. You know, that could have been the thing that that changed the fight. Um, I, I think he needs to add that in. I, I think looking at his teammate Cowboy Cerrone as well, he's done that over the last year or two, and it's won him maybe those fights that he wouldn't have won before. And I think uh, it's something Lando needs to do. I think we've seen, 
you know how as, as you said there we've seen how tough Lando is he doesn't need to show us how tough he is anymore we know it and he can go back you know you don't want to be Diego Sanchez you know you, that's not what you, you <laughs> well you, you might know. get a, you might, Dana might, might pay you a load of bonuses but you, for career longevity yeah it's not it's not great <laughs> yeah, 100%, yeah. well Diego Sanchez though he's proven the anomaly I suppose I love Diego Sanchez. He's one of my favorite fighters. So be Diego Sanchez. I take it back. Yeah, every, every time you think he's finished, he just comes back and wins again. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, let's move to to the undercards. Uh, Tybura against Enrique. Awful fight. We won't yeah, speak about that. Godbeer against Spitz. Pretty bad as well. Although Godbeer, Godbeer was good. Yeah, it was a bit of a brawl. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 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 Tyson Pedro against uh, Paul Craig. Tyson Pedro looked great, didn't he? Very good, an unbelievable athlete. Like I think he's improved so much. So I was obviously the lads and on some Australia from Australia know all about him. And you know, I think that move to Jackson's really yeah. He, he exactly. looked he looked raw and he, he looked raw, but he's uh he, he's definitely putting it together. Like he's he's making leaps and bounds in between fights. Like there's there's a lot of fighters coming up now in the UFC that are, that are really improving in between fight in fights. Like you, you kind of don't know where they are. You look at their last three fights and you're looking at a different fighter. Like. Even like even going back to to Cody Garbrandt, like he was a completely different fighter against Dominic Cruz than he has been before. Even though he was obviously a very high level fighter before then, yeah. So so it's very it, it, like there's some serious strides being made at the moment, and um that's why maybe GSP might be coming back at the wrong time. <laughs> I think those those South Sea Islanders as well, you know, the Polynesian kind of guys. They're bred fighters, like you know, they're warriors and <laughs> they can get into a man. They're yeah. unbelievable athletes as well. Like, even look at Mark Hunt, yeah. you know, he's a bigger kind of guy, but he's still very athletic for his size. Like, Tyson Pedro is a phenom, you know, he's really, really strong. And I, I read Paul Craig as well, you know, I think he's a he's a very good fighter yeah. and yeah, he, he had his moments. But the thing that impressed me, yeah, like Paul Craig beat yeah. Paul Craig beat Carl Moore, like Carl Moore had a, had a good win. Uh, we'll talk about it later, I suppose, but he beat uh. He beat Clark, who who had a split decision loss on the Ultimate Fighter to Corey Anderson, who's the main event of UC London. So like, these, these are high, these are high quality guys, yeah. and uh, no mug uh, Paul Craig, but Tyson Pre- Tyson Pedro ran through. Yeah, just last thing. What impressed me most about Tyson Pedro was when Craig, Craig came forward, like he was a brave display as well. I thought from Craig, guys who are kind of um, inexperienced like Tyson Pedro, sometimes they will wilt when a guy comes at him. You know, a guy with good power like Paul Craig with a good ground game who has submissions on his record, you know, sometimes they will wilt. But he didn't. You know, he loved it. He he got in the pocket and he fought with him and he took him to the ground and he finished him there. You know, I thought that was even more impressive than, than the skill and, you know, the improvements and the athleticism is the heart. You know, you if you don't have that in MMA, you're fucked, to be honest. You're, you are... And, and, and the killer instinct when you have somebody hurt to put them away as well. Yeah, 100%. Very, very, very good fight. And I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's the last we see Apollo Craig either. I think he's still a very, very good, uh, very good guy. And I don't know, would, would middleweight be an option for Paul Craig? I think it could be. Did he fight Karen Moore in middleweight or was that light heavyweight as well? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. I think it was like heavyweight, but I'm, I'm not sure. Possibly, yeah. But... Um, yeah, he's his first loss of his career. I'm sure he'll go back and and come, come back better. Like so many, so many fighters come back better after their first loss. And even, even, even not even their first loss, their, their, their most recent loss after a win streak, after a win streak of five or six can really improve them as a fighter. Yeah. Um, Albert Morales as well had a good uh, good win split decision not the best fight in the world Yuri Alcantara had an unbelievable comeback with a I think it was a knee bar wasn't it against Luke yeah. Sanders uh, Becky Luke cool hand Luke with the cool hand tap 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was a very yeah. cool hand to tap, wasn't casual, it? Casual, casual, cool hand tap. <laughs> but he, he nearly, he nearly fucking killed Alcantara in the first round. He did. Yeah, it was. It could have been stopped. I thought Mark uh, Goddard did an actually actually a very good job not to stop it because every time, every time he said you have to move, he did move. And if he does that, I think yeah. it shouldn't be stopped. You know, I thought I thought it was yeah, good. He still wants to be in here. He's still hearing you. He's moving. He's defending. He's trying to make a better position. And um and the point being taken straight away is brilliant. Like they know the rules, they know they know what they can and can't do. And I love the way God has said, "What are you doing, bro? When you need him yeah. in the head, on the what, oh, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Like <laughs> you know the rules. Like yeah. that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, poor old Becky Lynch, putting you know representing Irish MMA well in the crowd. There It was nice to see her there, but uh, unfortunately her man lost. But I think. Maybe the I don't okay, Lando and Timor was a great fight, but maybe the the most insane fight of the night, let's say, was the Featherweight bout between the damaged Darren Elkins and my boy Mirsad Bektic, who put an absolute beating on Elkins for two rounds. There's a ten eight. That's what a ten eight looks like. That could even be a ten seven. <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely destroyed him. Got the takedowns, but Elkins never gave up for a second, did he? Not he. He couldn't get into mount at any stage, and I think that was a huge thing for Bektish. You know, two rounds he kept trying to get into mount, and he just couldn't get it. You know, Elkins defended so well. And he's he's as tough as a two dollar steak. Like just unbelievable from from Darren. He was, he was in a crucifix, and he must have eaten about seventy yeah. unanswered punches, and he just kept shrugging, kept trying to move, kept kept moving, and just survived. Basically, just. Got the shit kicked out of him in the first round, but survived. And then uh, I think a lot of energy went into that from birth, from Mirsad Bektic. He thought he had the chance to put him away. And then even though I, I, I thought he won the second round, but it was definitely, um, you could definitely see that uh, Elkins was coming back into the into the fight and he, it definitely wasn't anywhere near as dominant. But I, I still gave the second round to uh, to Mirsad. Yeah. But, uh, Elkins broke Bektic by not breaking himself. That basically, like, there was a stage came in the third round where Elkins was still in it, and he came back, and Bektich was like, "Fuck!" It's like Rocky <laughs> and the he's not yeah. human. Like, there was a stage where Elkins got his back, and it, um, Bektich had been winning the round. Well, it was fifty-fifty, but he'd been winning up until that point, where he kind of got he didn't really get his back. He kind of had a ride on him and the side, and Bektich had one knee on the ground and one knee kind of just up off the ground against the cage, and he could have stood up. But he didn't. He just stayed there and Bektich hit him, or um, sorry, uh, Elkins hit him and hit him and hit him, and he wasn't moving. I was like, why is he? Why is he not moving? What What's going on here? You know, Bektich is a very good fighter. He knows what to do here. He should be moving. And then he stood up and he got hit with that one shot and he got kicked in the head and just got knocked clean out. And it was one uh, comeback of a decade. I call it. It was just unbelievable. One of the best comebacks I've ever seen in the UFC. Yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant comeback. Like it, after taking that beating, it was, it was ridiculous. Like it, it was, it definitely up there. I, I can't think of a better comeback at the moment. Like Carl Pendred's comeback against Mike King was brilliant, but I, I think this one was better because Bektich was putting a ridiculous beating on him in the first round. Like just mauled him, like mauled him the, f- the whole first round, and it just looked like it just looked like he had nothing for him, but he just stuck in there. And he, yeah, I think he did. I think he did break, but Bektich in the end, Bektich just. Just ran out of ran out of ideas and ran out of ran out of steam and just kind of as you said kind of had the chance to kind of get up when he was taking some of them shots but didn't and um, got got face planted with the head kick at the end. I'll tell you the best comeback in UFC history: Anderson Silva, Chelsea on him. 
Yeah, well, yeah. That's the best, in fairness, yeah. But, um, yeah. But he didn't take quite the beating. He took a lot of small shots, but it was dominant, but it wasn't like... It wasn't as much damage being done, yeah, I don't think. It wasn't as destructive, yeah. And there was some nice elbows from Anderson from the bottom that kind of cut Chael up a bit as well. It was a bit more balanced, even if even though it was one-sided. Yeah, 100%. Um, I suppose we, we'll get more to that card in a few minutes when uh, we had the questions. We have a few questions about it. But for now, let's get on to Cage Warriors 81, uh, which was live from the Point Depot on... Uh, Saturday was it? It was before the UFC, wasn't it? On Saturday, pretty. Yeah. Um, wasn't the best card in the world, but it turned out to be a lot of good fights on it, uh, especially around the top. Before we get into the fights, we did the same with Bama. What was what was the crowd like there? And was this disappointing? Or was it good? Or? Um, um it, I heard it was two thousand six hundred around, around there. Oh. So it was set up for about four or five, I think. So it looked half half empty, but that that's um. You know the helix used to only do about 900 so that that and i think that if it was in the national basketball arena where, where cage contender had a held their events it would have been completely packed and it, and it would have had a better atmosphere yeah it's like empty seats kind of just looks bad and people are kind of sp- spread out a bit so the atmosphere is not kind of quite quite what it would be but there was some good pops for like joe mccoggan and carl moore and, and a few of the irish lads but uh it definitely wasn't the atmosphere of the bama bellator shows yeah i think <laughs> I think this was kind of missing what we love from Cage Warriors normally and what they were good for. And look, they're still coming back, so we're definitely going to cut them some slack here. But I don't think the card was promoted maybe as well as prior ones have been. I got a couple of um, a couple of press releases about it. You know, they did a few features and stuff, but I don't know. It just didn't the seem timing the same of it as me. well. Is with, yeah, with, the timing. With the Bellator thing and this huge UC two hundred nine card going on. It kind of kind of gets buried in the in the. Khabib, Nurmagomedov Madoff stuff on the UC two hundred nine, and just in in the in the in the kind of mainstream uh, media uh, sphere, um, it's just not really at the forefront. It's just not the the hottest topic like like Bellator and Bama was of the of the week that was in it. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, look, it, it's their first comeback card to Ireland, and I think they they still had those top top three fights, especially I thought were were very very good. Um, the production very good, like always. The commentary wasn't. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, to be honest. I'm not sure why is Brad Morton not doing it anymore. I thought he was very good. I think if they could get him back, he'd be good. I, I, well, like I didn't hear the commentary because I was yeah. I was there. But uh, when you're there, you're kind of running back and forth, doing interviews, kind of getting the interviews up on the website and stuff. So you miss bits and pieces of the round. And you kind of have to ask people, oh, what happened there? Who won that round? And you kind of yeah. don't really know yourself. Who's can't really score the fights as you're running like back and forth. Like it's very hard to do the fights unless you're. Or it's impossible to judge with fights unless you're watching them attentively. Like it's just not possible. Yeah, um, I actually thought most of the the the, the fights I saw were, were pretty good. We we'll, we'll leave the top three for a second. Who were you impressed with, Nimrod? I know you were sent to me that uh, Blaine O'Driscoll against Darren O'Garman was uh, was a pretty good fight yeah. and a good finish. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Blaine O'Driscoll looked looked really good. He's he's always been like hundred uh, percent action and takedowns and ground and pound, but he showed some very he showed some improved striking he just he just looked really good like Darren O'Gorman is is a very good fighter yeah he, uh, he he's he's a tough he's a tough guy as well and uh, I think it was back in 2013 they had a kickboxing bout and Darren O'Gorman beat Blaine uh, by TKO uh with striking obviously so uh it shows that uh, maybe that Blaine has, has come on a bit more uh Blaine is just looking very good he's well-rounded now he's got the got hard striking he's got he's got um Really good ground and pound. He's 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 comfortable on top. He's got very good submission defense. 
he seems to be putting it all together and becoming very well rounded. Um, and it was a great win for him uh, against always tough guy who always has a good uh, crowd behind him with the uh, the old Darren O'Gorman chance. Uh, Eric Nolan as well. A lot of people very high about him. Went in and uh, defeated Martins and Bella. Were you impressed with him? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He he was in a really good fight with uh, Lee Hammond in amateur as well. He seems to get into these wars where it's, it's back and forth, and he he nearly got knee barred by Lee Hammond, and he nearly got knee barred again by uh, Martin Dembella. I didn't think it was quite as close as the, the Lee Hammond one, but he's he's uh he's all action and he's um he's young in his career, but uh, I think he has a lot of potential. And um, there was a. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his second name properly, but Magic Gierzewski. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, something like that. He, he's been, he's a, I think he's a Polish lad and he's been on the Irish scene for, or the amateur scene for a while. He's had some good wins and uh, he looked good. He, he's uh, making his, I think he made his pro debut there. So that was the main card. And the prelims were all amateur fights. Uh, the pick of that is probably Mark, Mark Gallivan. He uh, got another triangle. He's he's one of Johnny Jitsu's guys originally. But I think he's down in Team Rhino now. Uh, he's very good triangles. Um, he's I think um, maybe when he turns pro, he'll be able to. You're not able to throw elbows at the moment at amateur, so he'll be uh, he'll be able to uh, throw elbows on the bottom, and that might even help him. He might be even better at a pro than he is an amateur. Uh, who else? Austin Lynch got a, a quick finish of uh, Alex Brophy in the first round. Um, what about the, the two brothers? Uh, Stephen Tracy, Francis Tracy. Yeah, How did that go? Uh, yeah, the younger brother won. Uh, put him away. TKO at the end of the first round. Um, wasn't wasn't great. That two fight. two Taekwondo lads. Was it? Was it just a stand up fight or how did it go? Yeah, two Taekwondo. Yeah, I think the there was a takedown at one stage, but uh, kind of awkwardly got to the feet again. And then. Uh, <laughs> It was, you know, Taekwondo guys like it's kind of like when you land a strike, it's kind of like reset and go again. Yeah. They were, they were kind of like forgetting that they were doing an MMA fight at, at certain times. It was it was strange to watch. Nice. Uh, so I, I suppose we'll get to the the top three cards, the top three fights on the card. Um, first of all, Catching Costigan against uh, Wendy McKenna split decision. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a great fight. No, I thought Catching Costigan was improved on the feet. Obviously, you know. She said afterwards in the interview with Nyla, she still has a lot of work to do, uh, you know, especially on the ground. We've seen her deficiency on the ground before, but I thought, you know, she said she's smaller that weight, and I think if there was a weight smaller than 105, she'd probably be fighting at it. But I thought, um, you know, she moved well on the feet and, you know, stayed where she couldn't be hit really um, a lot. And I think I think she deserved the 29-28 victory um, against, against Winnie McKenna. Do you agree or did you score it the other way? It's really hard to score because we were doing interviews and and trying get to get off the, the fucking fence. For fuck's I, I haven't seen it back, so I I, I, I didn't see the whole fight. But uh, you know yourself when you're back when you're at the events, it's, it's no, tough to, to score. I, I watch. I just sit there and watch the fights. Let's be honest. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Lazy pretty. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, Arnold Quero against Joe McCulligan. I suppose this was the. This was the biggest, uh, maybe not controversial fight, but the closest fight on the card. A split decision. Um, Arnold won the fight. The, could, could you not score this one again, or do you have a score for this one? Who do you yeah, think? well, it's tough to score it again, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough to score. It's really tough to score. How did you score it watching on TV? I, I scored it for, for Arnold. I thought, 
I thought he won the first round well with um with elbows. I thought he he landed and very the jab well. Jab as well, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joe had his had his moments, but I think the the significant strikes, the most damage definitely went to to Arnold. You know, if you're scoring. Base, you know who landed the most strikes it was probably joe by three or four but who did more damage you'd have to say arnold and i think that's how you win it the second round was was definitely the closest you know there was a nip and tuck round um arnold got the takedown joe got his back near the end of the round neither of them did too much from either position i actually think arnold did he, he got two takedowns with one he, he barely got him down i thought he landed the harder strikes again than joe and it was, but it was very very close he didn't land was as it, many was it the second round strikes. that joe got a big dumb takedown as well or was that the third no, that was that was the third round yeah i thought joe won the third round uh, very very well i thought that was the most clear round to be honest although arnold had his had his uh success in that as well very very good fight very high level technical fight i thought joe mccoggan was very tough you know he sh- i mentioned it earlier with someone else as well i thought joe mccoggan showed his toughness and in, in this like i think there was four or five unanswered shots at uh, in the first round from arnold and a lot of people mightn't have stayed standing after that but joe did extremely well to come back you know, a lot of people said it was an easy fight to score. I don't think it was an easy fight to score. I scored it for Arnold, but that second round really, really could have could have gone anyway. I just like Arnold's work a little bit more. Yeah, if you had it, maybe I, I'm not sure how close he was with the choke because you're you're watching it from from cage side. Sometimes you don't get the best angle on it in the second round. We it didn't. He never had it under the chin or anything like that. It didn't seem now. Um, God, I can't remember now. Who who Joe McCoggan had it? Was it? Yeah, Joe McCoggan jumped on his back, kind of standing, oh, yeah. fishing, no, for a, fishing for a choke, but he was kind of behind the, the door of the cage from where yeah. we were sitting. Yeah, I don't think he had it at all, no. I think he, he pulled the hand away pretty pretty quickly. I don't think, uh, no, I don't think he had it at any stage, really. Uh, but, you know, it's a tough fight. Uh, I don't yeah. think a lot of people knew much about Arnold coming into it. And, and I think I think in a, in a close fight like that, I think Joe uh, showed a bit of inexperience by not, by looking defeated by when the fight was over and Quiros had his hands in the air celebrating. I think he... You got to remember how Frankie Edgar beat BJ Penn the first time, and <laughs> get up on the shoulders and act like you just that's a clear toward thirty twenty seven or fifty forty five to you or whatever. Just like these judges, they don't know which way they're they're doubting which way the round goes, and they see you up celebrating. You never know. Like these these are only human. I don't know. Work before. I've... Uh, I don't know, Hansel. I don't buy into that, to be honest. I don't. Yeah, well, it happens in football all the time. You put the hand in the air and you get the offside call. If you don't put the hand in the air, you don't. Man, you, know, man, you, know, you wouldn't get one of them anyway. We never got a decision ever. Sure, but, man, you know, we'll move on from that. We'll move on. Got away with murder. We'll move on from that. Main event, Carl Moore defeated Josh Clark. It actually, it was a pretty enjoyable fight, I thought. Um, like the McCulloch fight, like, uh, like a few more in the car as well. Karen Moore looked very, very good. You know, he, he straight left hand was very, very good. Hurt um Josh Clark a lot. I thought the way he uh he controlled the range was very good. Like you could see Clark wanted to come forward, but he couldn't. You know, Moore was landing heavy, heavy leg kicks. I thought his feints were very good with his lead hand, especially. He was he was keeping Clark Tinker for the whole fight, you know, got the fight to the ground, nearly choked him out a few times. Josh Clark did extremely well uh to defend those shocks a good few times. I think Josh it was, Clark is seriously tough as well. It was a lot of very tough, yeah. A lot of times he, he had the chance to let that slip under his neck or 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 uh, you know, he could've he could have looked for a way out there, but he didn't and he took a he took a serious beating and he and he, he he never he never uh, never gave up even he, he took a back step but he he had to he, he would have been playing into Carl Moore's game like Carl Carl was looking to counter him and uh, he he obviously didn't want it did uh, Josh Clark didn't want the lead but he kind of once he fell behind in the fight he, a few times he he had to lead to try and bring himself back into the fight but uh, 
he he get taken down by Carmore when he tried to when he tried to push forward and get his back taken with, with, with ease. It seemed it seemed like every time he took him down, he was inevitably going to end up on, on his back. Yeah, I thought the, so. the only close round was the fourth. I actually gave it to Clark just because of that one big heavy shot he landed late in the round. And uh, Carl Moore said it afterwards in the interview that did hurt him a little bit. He, you know, his legs wobbled a bit, but he came back quickly. But I thought, I thought that was just enough to nick it. He landed a big Superman punch as well. But credit to yeah. Carl Moore, like he came back in the fifth. Yeah. yeah I actually missed, I mean, I didn't see that bit from, I must have, I don't know what I was doing at the time. I was. We were doing probably, probably talking to talk we're, we're, fans we're, we're too busy getting the interviews around. up so you can you can you can say in your analysis what the guy said and you'd know that he's rocked because I was doing these I knew I was watching it I didn't know I need to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I sacrificed myself for, for the good of the people Sean people <laughs> like you you should be grateful you're welcome thanks, thanks very much I, I'd love to know how you interviewed Carl Moore as he was fighting but anyway. no I said these guys for, I was using that as an example okay fair no, we're always ahead of the ahead of the game John yeah. <laughs> leading the way in Irish MMA severe MMA uh, but yeah Carl Moore like another thing I was impressed with was and he said it afterwards in the post fight interview that uh, with Andy Freelander that he, he or maybe it was not he, that he cuts a lot of weight as well like he looks fucking huge yeah. you know he, he, said he, he said he was walking around at 236 or 238 I think and he cut down from there yeah he's like I remember uh, was it AO did an interview with him or Andrew maybe a, a good while back and he you know he said after he got injured like all he could concentrate on really was lifting weights and you know, he got fucking addicted to him, I'd say, <laughs> by the looks of him, and, you know, he's he's looking like an absolute beast now, but his cardio was, was pretty good, you know, he won that fifth round uh, after a tough fourth round as well, so have to be impressed with that, yeah, I think. we'd never seen him go that deep, so, and Josh Clark had said to Severe uh, in an interview that uh, that was his plan to try and drag Carl deep and see if he could tire him out and win that way, so uh, it's good to prove to himself, even with all this new muscle that he's developed in the last couple of years, or not. Uh, the the new size he has, uh, it's good to see that he can carry that weight for five rounds at a pretty high clip. Yeah, when you're looking as well, like that Bear Jew fight, he won the first and he, he almost finished the Bear Jew and then he came back and lost in the second round. Like, you know, that's in the back of your head, even if you know, even if you you realize what happened, that's still there. You know, the same thing happened in this fight, he almost won, he almost choked him out in the first and second, and he kept going. You know, that that didn't come back, even when uh, Josh Clark, you know, had his little bit of success in the fourth. And you know, that's huge for Carl Morgan forward. He's you know, he said it afterwards as well that his whole mental state has changed and he's a, he's a different fighter now. And very impressed with him, you know, if he can. I think making the weight is going to be the hardest thing for him, really. If he can keep making that weight, you know, maybe find better ways of doing it. Or, you know, obviously it's a it's a different kind of um, task for him now since he's put on all this muscle and stuff. But maybe he could just move to heavyweight and be a really maybe, fast heavyweight. Yeah, maybe he's big enough. He's strong enough. Definitely he could do it. But you know, the world is definitely his oyster. He looked unbelievably happy to win that. Uh, that belt and the cage warriors belt you know is, is something that's not to be sniffed at you know yeah. and uh, if the UFC yeah. were looking for a heavyweight late replacement he could come in there and kind of see how it goes at, at heavyweight and maybe <laughs> maybe he could get a call for that obviously he's uh, Uriah Faber kind of put him forward and he was on standby he, he was training in a uh, team alpha male and Uriah Faber kind of put his name forward to the UFC as a guy to keep an eye on and, and he ended up on standby for one of the cards I can't remember which, do, you, do you know which card it was Belfast card I think wasn't it yeah it's a Belfast card I didn't want to say in case it wasn't but um, yeah. So uh, you let me say it, though. Yeah, in, go 
<laughs> definitely in the mind. Well, I actually did you know? Yeah, so he's definitely in the in the he's known to the UFC and a, a win like that over over a guy who who had a very close fight with uh, the guy who's headlining the UFC London is definitely nothing to be sniffed at. I would watch him fight Tyson Pedro. Fuck, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, Jesus. Whew. ROS Nutrition, I think, would be the sponsorship <laughs> for them boys. Got into that. <laughs> Jesus, they're carrying a lot of muscle into that. But yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Um, Mick, what's his, Mick Maynard. Let's do it. Let's, yeah, get, let's make get it happen. Uh, but yeah, all around good card. You know, there's obviously still those teething problems, but great to see Bama back. You know, Ian Dean match made a very good card there. It's going to get better from uh, from now on as well. And hopefully we'll see him back again soon. I must make a, make a trip up for the next one more than likely. So yeah, good to see Cage Warriors back. Right, uh, let's move on to... Uh, before we talk about next week's card, just let's talk a little bit about GSP versus Bisping, which was announced uh, this week. Um, look, for me... This I'm not too mad with, about this fight. I don't think okay. If you're looking at it from a sporting point of view, I think uh, Yoel Romero is obviously the, the clear contender to fight Michael Bisping. If you're looking at it from a monetary point of view, the WMEIMG, I think there's still questions to be answered over it. But I think the Bisping GSP fight is the one to make definitely from from that point of view. But as you know, and as we always talk about, I want to see the fun fights, and I think you're pretty much you know in a similar kind of vein. And I'm not sure there is one at middleweight, you know. I I think Rio Romero runs through Michael Bisping. I think Rockall runs through him again if they meet. The same for, you know, Jack Ren and most of the guys up there. Um, I think this is a pretty even fight, the GSP one, but I still, I'm still i still not. Uh, have so they honest. announced which card is going to be on or where it's no, going to be on yet? No. no, they haven't, because GSP needs to go through the, the four months of you sad testing oh, again yeah, and yeah, i think yeah, yeah. it's it's i think they know but it's, it's just, in vegas uh, more than likely you uh, universal what's the word i'm looking for you international fight week yeah i think it is going to be but i think it's more of a paperwork thing than anything uh do you do you have any interest in this fight do you do you want to see it do you think it was the right fight to make or are you a you all romero man um, I would prefer to see the Yogamero fight, but I'm not mad at at, at this. Uh, like some people are, uh, I kind of expected like WME WMEING ownership of the UFC to make make these kind of fights. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you you kind of got it was kind of it didn't get greeted with uh, any kind of oh GSP is back, what a great fight. But I think people are interested, just kind of how GSP going to look. It's it's it'll sell well. Like it, it, it's not a bad fight to make. It's not it's not the most exciting fight in the world, though. Obviously, yeah. Look, I think if GSP had come back a year after the Johnny Hendricks fight and said, "I don't want to fight welterweight anymore. I'm moving up to middleweight," and whoever was the middleweight champion, in, I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. I'd say, "Okay, fair enough. Look, he's done enough." But I think it's just the amount of time he's out. People have kind of forgot a bit, and I think uh, was it Ant Evans put up a tweet about that. You know, saying a lot of media members are saying that, and I agree with him a little bit. But still, that that time has passed. You know, we said we said the same about Habib a while back. You know that, you know, okay, he had good wins and he's good record and stuff. But like, it's two years since he had those good wins, and you know, it's four years or whatever since, um, or maybe not that long, like what two and a half, three years since GSP had that had that run. But you know, he is still GSP. Yeah. Yeah, and now we've lost GSP to middleweight forever. Remember, he said if you go yeah. before the answer, if he goes to middleweight, he'll never be able to go down again. It's mm-hmm. just not possible. So it's a uh, it's a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say I'd say he'll just drop down to, to welterweight again um, afterwards. 
Speaking of that, Juan, he said a bit of a game, gamesmanship, yeah. trying to trying to get some more money maybe from the UFC. <laughs> he said he has a plan though, and he said uh, the, uh, <laughs> after the stock market goes up, he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna have his plan going forward. What do you think that plan is? You know, a lot of people are saying there's no way he's gonna fight you well, Romero. That it's either gonna be down to welterweight. Well, I don't know. It could be above our pay grade. The man's in contact with aliens, so like. <laughs> <laughs> See, Michael Bisping said to him, uh, "You've been off talking to aliens. No one gives a fuck what you do." <laughs> Could, could be some new alien technology that, that he's going to invest in. Uh, <laughs> he's got the lowdown from his mates up in the the, the other galaxies. I saw aliens myself. Oh no, I can't do it. Rashad Evans, but um, <laughs> yeah. He said he, he said he, he would say stuff. He would tell Joe Rogan more, but then people would think he's crazy. But he did say all that stuff, so it, it must be some seriously mad stuff that he doesn't want to say. Yeah, I'd be getting his fucking. I could be getting him a brain scan before he uh, he fights again. But um. Look, what's going to happen next is more than likely if he wins the title or if he doesn't win the title, I think he's probably going to go back down. If he wins the title, though, and I've said this a while, I don't think if anyone else has said it, but do you think McGregor could fight him for the middleweight title? Do you think that's a possibility? <sighs> he's an insane um, bastard. Like, he is an insane bastard. We, you know. McGregor probably need to put a few, put a few uh, gold bars in his uh, pockets on the scale, but... Uh... <laughs> He could probably get up there. Uh, I have three steaks for breakfast this time instead of two. Yeah, like as I say, WME, ING are into the, the money fights, and uh, I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, and I, I would watch happily watch that as well. Yeah, I, I, like I think that fight makes sense. If you're making that fight right, and if no one has a belt, you should probably make it a catchweight. Make it like 165 or something, 160, something like that. Or, you know, something because it's you know might as well do it. Where we're bored. He says happen. he can make one fifty five, but he's never actually. Well, he hasn't done it in ten over fifteen years, probably. So yeah, I, I, he probably could, but I don't know. Like he's not as tall as McGregor, but he's a wider guy. You know, he's he's pretty well built and mus- muscular as well. And especially if he goes up to one eighty five, as you say. You know, he said in the past he'd need to put on the muscle. And if we know anything about GSP, he does things right. And if he thinks he needs to put on the muscle, he will go and he will put on the muscle. So, uh, but there's other options as well. Obviously, the Woodley fight is there. You know, Nick Diaz as well. That fight, people still talk about it all the time. And Anderson Silva as well. Like, if he wins the title and McGregor is in the next fight, it's more than likely going to be Anderson Silva. I say people still want to see that fight. And if the middleweight belt is, is still on the line, Anderson Silva has a few uh, wins in a row. That could happen. Judo Dan Kelly. <sighs> is, is GSP ready for Judo Dan? Though? Is he ready for him? <laughs> I don't know. He, he might need a few more fights to... To get to get back in the groove before he fights such a machine like Judo Dan. Do you know what's insane? Judo Dan could beat Bisping. So you broke up there. Say again. Judo Dan could beat Bisping. Oh yeah, he could. He, he could. Uh, uh, it'd be it'd be a tough fight to call that one. I'd have to I'd have to analyze that before making a call. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sure of either one guy either guy winning that. That'd be a, a tough fight. Like he could just throw Bisping to the ground and yeah. put him in a crucifix and pound him out. Like that could that could easily happen. I really want to see that fight now. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> scrap GSP. Sorry, we actually, we take back our contract. We have Judo down now. <laughs> put Judo down on that card. JDK. That's that's uh, that's what we call him. Put it. Put him on that card. So if uh, GSP falls out, if he tears his third ACL, you know, get him in there. But yeah, we need, we need to get him a big fight quickly. He's not man. We need to get him in there. Make yeah, it happen. Hundred percent. Give him Tyron Woodley. Tyron won't fucking stand around looking at him. I tell you. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um. Look, this this GSP business thing. I suppose we'll talk about it a lot as it comes up. But uh, 
not as mad as as other people. You know, UL will get his due. I suppose they're going to make UL against. Uh, oh no, they're not make UL against Jacker. Jacker is fighting Robert Whitaker now. Speaking of uh, Australian middleweights, Jesus, that actually be a good Australia taking over. Uh, what about Dan Kelly against uh, Robert Whitaker? Put that uh, main event in Australia somewhere. Jesus, that that'd sell out. You know. But yeah, alas, that's not going to happen now. Although they want to, they want to cheer for their own guys. I think probably in the, yeah, in the actual true. arena. That is true. Right, let's move to next weekend's card, which is a very, very good card. We'll, we'll just touch on it briefly because it's not the most important card in the world. We won't keep you here all day. But it's a good card. Very good. Uh, Vitor Belfort against Kelvin Gastelum. I suppose you see this going the same way as me. Vitor too old, too chinny. Kelvin too good. Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, got takedowns with where where Vitor right? Vitor might come with his uh, infamous barrage at the at the start and he might land some strikes like he did against Weidman, but uh uh, if that doesn't work, it, it'll be all gasoline, would Yeah, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think <clears throat> uh, winner in the storm, you know. Be smart about fighting Vitor. You can't, you can't yeah. be reckless early. Like you, you need to, you need to wear him out a bit first and break. He can be broken if if you take him out of his, put him on his back and lay some strikes on him. He he, he can give up a bit. Yeah, I think Kelvin will get too close to him to let him to let him get off those spinning back kicks to the head which he's you know he could still land he showed that against uh, Dan Henderson even after the TRT which he was legally taking before um, has now gone he can't get the exemption anymore uh, He can. he's still dangerous as you say first few minutes but um, he is a shadow of his, his old self um, and Kelvin Gaston really should win this one I think as I said the pressure put him up against the fence land his jab You'll probably get Vitor on the ground, probably take his back, maybe ground upon him or, or choke him out. I'd be surprised if it went past three. I think it, uh, if I was to bet, I, I'd probably bet Gaslam in the first or second, to be honest. Uh, Vitor, once you, once you break his, you know, break his pattern early or break his ability to, to win early, yeah, the fight's really over. So, um, yeah, that, yeah. It, it should be a fun one. Your, your boy, Benil Dariush, tell me. I love that fight. I was against Edson Barboza. Yeah, I was writing my preview for this the other day, watching their fights for it, and um, I was I was keeping it kind of sharp because it, it this is this is a kind of a tough fight. I, I, Barboza is obviously very good on the on the feet, and he's hard to take down and stuff. Where Benil's a very very good wrestler, good jujitsu, but oddly Barboza is a bit like uh, Paul Felder. In that he hits really hard, but he you don't see him knocking people out that much, you know. And I think you love using Paul Felder as an example for people. I think Darius is the opposite. He hits you once and you can go out. You know, he's a he has TNT and he's and he loves the times. And <laughs> I think that could happen. Parbosa's before he he has been knocked out. You know, his his chin has been questioned. Although in the last few fights he's been able to to take him as well. Um, so I can see this one. I could see Darius knocking him out, but I think more, most likely it's going to be three rounds of absolute hell. This is if you've if you've money and you want to bet, bet and fucking fight at night for this. It's gonna be it's gonna be an unbelievable fight. But I don't think people understand how good Benil Darius is, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if people understand how hard Edson Barboza kicks people though as well. Yeah, he kicks very very hard. Yeah, he does in fairness. Yeah, but uh, who who are you picking on that one? Uh, I'd probably. Probably go with Darius, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Motherfucker, yeah. Um, Jean Valente against Shogun Hua is the co-main event. Amazingly, oh, is uh, it? Yeah. No, I'm not. 
Oh, I don't know what to say See, about that one. Jam, yeah, Valente Jam. will probably be winning the fight. He'll probably have Shogun's about to fall over, and then he'll stop doing what was successful and uh, start eating some strikes. He'll have like Shogun on like one leg kick away from a blown ACL, and he'll stop throwing leg kicks and get like tagged on the feet trying to do some something mad. Yeah, I think that'll be a very sweaty fight, <laughs> whichever way it goes. Uh, I think Shogun. I don't know, John Valente, I could see John Valente landing one big shot and knocking Shogun out but Shogun, I think he's obviously a better fighter than John Valente, 100% but time catches up with all of yeah. us and Shogun The fight is... IQ of John Valente though is, is, has been very suspect very suspect yeah. Awful. and uh, over in Brazil as well he'll have to he'll have to travel over there obviously it's... To bury him alive to get the decision <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, 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 I've an inkling to Archog on that. But I go on Ronaldo. Who's he fighting? He's fighting. Um, Ronaldo and Kevin Lee. That should be a great good fight. fight. Yeah, it's a very good fight. Yeah, it's Francesco Ronaldo. Obviously, um, he's on a good run at the moment, isn't he? Is he like what? Let me let me just look. He's on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights in a row. One of them was Norman Park, which he lost. But I, I, either way, he's in an eight fight, an eight fight in a row. And Kevin Lee's another guy, you know who. Underappreciated guy, maybe a little bit of the, the Tyrone Woodleys about him, you know, or Tyron Woodleys even about him, that uh, you know, outspoken kind of guy, and yeah, very, very good. Uh, he hasn't fought yeah. quite fought the level that Ronaldo has fought, but he's he's had some very impressive wins in his last few. Uh, he dominated, uh, was it uh, Efren Escudero, uh, and then he knocked out uh, Jake Matthews, who's a, who's a really good prospect in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he had another and uh, he choked out uh, Mustayev as well in his last fight. So he's he's been on a run himself. Obviously not as good a good a streak as Trinaldo, but I think Kevin Lee has a good bit of potential and he seems to be putting it together, making strides in between fights. And um but obviously Trinaldo is has beaten a lot of top guys. Um he may not be the most exciting, but he's he's very effective. Yeah. Um Haniyaya against Joe Soto as well. That's going to be an unbelievable fight on the ground on the fight brass prelims. You know, if that hits the ground, brilliant. Joe Soto, a guy who you know obviously came in late to fight um, to fight TJ Dillashaw for the title, but has you know featured in the EBI Eddie Bravo's uh, Jiu Jitsu tournament and stuff like that. Very good on the ground. You know, Ronnie Aya, known for his uh, his triangles. Ronnie Jason, Jason's all on that, known for his triangles as well. A few other good matchups. Juicy Farmiga against Ray Borg. Big fan of Ray Borg. Obviously, he had a tough outing last time, but that's. Uh, that's a very good fight in the flyweight division. Betch Cohea is coming back against Marion Renault and uh, the rematch of Alex Oliveira against Team Means uh, ended. It wasn't a no, it was a no contest one. It wasn't that the knee in the head one. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I think so. Yeah, going to be a rematch there. Yeah, so pretty good fights. You know, these Brazilian cards are usually not that good, but this is actually a very, very good one. Every fight on what does one, two, three, four, five, six fights on the main card, and I, you know, I want to see all of them, and I want to see a couple of them in the undercard as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty good card. Tune in. Let's see it. My boy yeah. Benil. Been a bad week for Team Sheehan, but hopefully Benil Dariush can uh, can pull it out here. And uh, I say, seeing Big Fran, Francie in the crowd kind of brought your uh, your spirits yeah. up a little. It put me up. Like I was hoping Francie just go in and bit the shit out of all those heavyweights that were in there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he could have he could have gone four and on the night if he wanted really. Like so, <laughs> yeah. Well, Is Nermy? Has anybody ever been kicked off Team Sheehan? <laughs> No, no, they're all still there. I kind of forget who's on it sometimes. Is there any offences? Is there any offences that will get you kicked off Team Shia? Mm-hmm. If you beat Wonderboy, maybe like you know, or <laughs> <laughs> Wonderboy is the captain of Team Sheehan, you know, you can 
Wonder boy. Wonder boy. Wonder, wonder man. But uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on to questions. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Head on over there. Get your supplements. rosnutrition.com. 25% off with the promo code severe MMA. Get yourself some protein. Summer's coming up. You know, you need that summer bod for the beaches. There's a wedding, you know, your first cousin's wedding. You want to, you, you know, you want to be looking fit for that. Head on over, rosnutrition.com, promo code SEVERE, and make 25% off your first order. Tell a friend, tell your brother, tell the boys down at the gym, rosnutrition.com. Yeah. It'd be in Tony Bellew shape in no time. <laughs> well, did you watch that fight? No, I, do, I actually, some of the people at the, at the event were watching it on their phone, and I looked at, I looked at the screen a few times, and I, I saw the tail getting thrown in at the end when he fell through the ropes and stuff, but uh, I was getting a running commentary on him for falling around the, the ring on one leg. Yeah, it was. I I was. I enjoyed it, um, but uh, yeah, I think it was. You just uh, hate David A. Do you? I no, I don't really hate David A. You want to see him fall around the the, the the I was going to say the cage, but the ring falling through the ropes. That's why you need. They should put up a cage, make it more interesting. Nobody falling through. Nobody falling Give through. Give boxing yeah. a makeover. I thought. I thought it was. <laughs> I was glad the tall came in, but I thought it was an odd time to throw it in. He should have probably thrown it in uh, earlier than that. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good fight anyway. Hold on, my screen is a bit bigger. Well, David Hay was, uh, from what I heard, David Hay was up a few rounds early, so maybe they thought if you could just nick a couple of rounds, you could end up getting a, a decision. But then yeah. it, it, he, he obviously couldn't by the time they threw the tail in, in their opinion. Uh, yeah, maybe. I actually had it even after nine because obviously there was four on, five rounds to four, but there was a point taken away as well. I thought... Um, he had won the first four, but uh, yeah, he, he was probably losing a couple after that as well. So, yeah, and he got knocked down then, so that was a 10 8 probably. No, but I'm, I'm counting in the yeah, well, he got oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he got knocked down in the end. Yeah, that is, that is true. Um, okay, let's get into questions. As first, as always, Mr. Podge at one, Mr. Podge, give him a follow. Uh, where do you think a win over Patrick Williams puts Tom Duncan Mock would a loss be disastrous? Um, yeah, a loss would be would be very bad, it would deflate all the hype. Um, unless it was like something mad like the Darren Elkins fight where well that would actually as well it kind of deflates the whole Darren Elkins or the whole <laughs> Mirsad Bektic hype really as well doesn't it yeah no it would be a disaster if he loses that Um, he has to win and win impressively in that he, he really to keep, to keep his hype going he needs to finish in that one yeah, I don't think he does really. I think he'll get it, but I don't think he 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 needs it. I think, you know, I think he, like Bektich as well. I think if the talent is there, you know, yeah, it'll dampen the the yeah. excitement around him though. Yeah, definitely will, one hundred percent. But as you said last week, you know, everyone, every great fighter has lost. Look at GSP; he's lost before. He lost Americani. Yeah. So, you know, every every good fighter can come back. Um, Mr. Podgigan asks, is it a title shot now for uh, for Ferguson? How and how reluctant will the UFC to be be to book Habib in big fights? Yeah, yeah. We kind of talked about the what would be next. It kind of depends on what Connor does. If he boxes Floyd or if he comes back, he'll probably he'll probably fight Tony Ferguson. Um Nermi, they should just do the Aldo fight. I don't know why they haven't done the Aldo fight. Um do the Aldo fight. Yeah. 100%. Uh, at Nobs11, if Kelvin Gaslam, Habib, and Johnny Hendricks had a reality show to make weight, who would win? <laughs> <laughs> we need Nick Diaz as the inspirational uh, workout coach. 170, Johnny. Too bad, Johnny. <laughs> Too heavy, Johnny. <laughs> 170. As long as Nick Diaz could be like a, a, a recurring special guest. Yeah, I, I think 
I think he'd be a bit of a nut. I don't I'm think he's as bad as the other two to be honest. But uh, same same dude asks, do you think Niall McGrath could choke slam Pizzi Carroll? Um, yeah, I agree, dude. That Undertaker vibe, you know, that Undertaker. Yeah. Once he gets uh, in, the, in the Undertaker's own, then he's a different man. Hundred percent. Kieran Staplin. Staplin. Once that music hits the speakers, you know, he's, <laughs> the switch goes. And, uh, he's, he's a different man. Different man, he becomes the dead man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the soup lad, Kieran Stapleton. Out of uh, how would you score at uh, UFC two hundred nine out of ten? How bad was it? And does it make last week's? What? How how would you score UFC two hundred? What? Well, yeah, well, yeah. It was was, yeah. The main event was terrible. In fairness, oh, I didn't think it was that terrible, and all the other fights were great. I really enjoyed it. That is that is true. In fairness, I probably score Some of the best comebacks going. Uh, Alcantara's knee bar was brilliant, and then Mirsad Bektic's uh, dominance mm-hmm. by followed by Elkins's win. And uh, I really enjoyed the Dan Kelly fight. Uh, yeah, and I thought it had loads of good fights. Yeah, that is true. I'd, I'd give it a solid seven out of ten. I'd probably go a little higher. Yeah, fair enough. Eight out of ten, probably. <laughs> Kieran asks as well, the soup lad got the ad off Graham a few uh, few days back. How privileged privileged should he feel? You Who is followed it? him at the soup lad, Kieran Sableton. Oh, did I? Yeah, by mistake. So it might have been you. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I see people like a couple of people have access to this very May account. So a couple of times I see people have added them. Like, oh, oh didn't add them. <laughs> but so I think, but I don't want to unadd them because yeah. like unless they do something annoying, I don't want to. I don't want to unfollow them, maybe. unfriend them. But if they do something annoying, then I'll just unfollow them. Bad bastard, bad bastard. Um, is Alistair Overeem's from Harry Paul at Harry underscore Paul eighteen? Is Alistair Overeem's new habit of turning his back and running away a sign of a newfound fear, or is it smart awareness of his? No, he's done this for years, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's intelligent. I, I it enraged me when people started booing at him. Oh man, it's an, it's not running away. It's getting your position back. Yeah, it's getting away from the strikes. Yeah. It's like saying moving your head is stupid. You know, you're, oh, you're moving your head away from the fight. Good, you fucking idiots. Like, that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. God, yeah, oh Mark One's going to knock your head off if you stand in front of him. Like. Yeah. Look Look what Stipe, look what um, Stipe did to uh, Verdum. You know, when he didn't run away fast enough, he fucking knocked him clean out. Yeah, even the, even Nate Diaz did the same thing against Michael Johnson. You, everybody does it. Like, you reset when you're in a... If you're getting stuck in a bad position, you don't just stand there because you're a tough guy. You, you do the intelligent thing and reset. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Patrick at Patchehan123 asks, if you could if you could predict GSP's plan after he beats Bisping, what would it be? What, what sure. do you think? Um, Conor McGregor. Ideally, I, I think Con- GSP wants Conor to Conor fight. Yeah. I think it's going to be Anderson and then maybe Conor after that. I think if GSP wins. If GSP wins, it'll be Anderson. If he loses, maybe then it'll be... I don't know, it'll be Conor then, but I'd say I Anderson. Think he has to win for it to be Conor. I think, I think it's... Yeah. I think it'll be Anderson. Uh, but I don't know. Aim McLean at Aim and McLean. Oh, he used to be at Aim McLean 3. He must have bought it off someone or something. Don't people... <laughs> Don't people don't get people blaming the weight cutting process with alternatives? Crew said it best diet properly or move up. Yeah, but they'll be eating tiramisu if you can't make weight. Mm. Mm. They'll be eating on camera anyway. Yeah, that is true. Like, yeah, Khabib isn't that big of a fifty-five-er. Like I'd say, Tony's a bigger fifty-five-er. Like people are, other people are making bigger weight cuts than this. Like RDA was making a bigger weight cut than that. Uh, anyway, it looks like anyway, and Connor's making bigger cuts. Cyborg, these people are making huge cuts. Uh, I don't think Khabib's cut is 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 that that big. Like, uh, 
who knows what happened here he hasn't really come out and said anything yet we might find out during the week uh what his story is but uh um yeah the fact that he was uh, before we even heard anything about this report of him uh struggling or going to the hospital or whatever i i did think it was strange that early in the week he in the embedded he was yeah. in the sauna already that was that was a that was a strange sign yeah, 100%. Uh, at Alan, Alan, at AJK underscore Dublin, Dennis scrums are back, which is good, but with select media only, very Trump-like. Yeah, I kind of noticed that as well. Um, that's The UFC have kind of been doing that lately. You know, they have ESPN, Fox, you know, that that dude, the buzzer or whatever it's called, and like TMZ, where they release most of their news now, um, which are basically all kind of partners with them. I know ESPN really aren't, but... ESPN yeah, Dana can fob off most of them people easy enough and they don't even know what they're talking about so it's easier for them to actually just just not give away anything yeah 100% basically uh, Philip O'Connor asked Philip O'Connor asked when does a Woodley Wonderboy start, fight start <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's a good point. I don't know. I don't think anyone can answer that. Uh, Nate Gilday at Nate Gilday asks, do you think we will see a second belt added into the weight classes over the next five years? Good question. In, into the male weight classes? Yeah. Um, in the next how many years? Five. Five? Um, probably. Probably under Lorenzo I, and and the Fertitas, I don't think I don't think there would have been. I think he said in the past that he didn't want to go the boxing route of uh, of uh, loads of belts. Everybody's a champion. That's for everybody. But uh, um, I wouldn't be. It's, it's really tough to know with WME ING. Like Dana White's going to be gone in five, or potentially could be gone in five years. Um, everything could be completely different. It's really really hard to know, but. I'd probably, if I had a free bet, I'd probably go, yeah. Yeah, 100%. John Minton, this is a good question. Recast Entourage with the severe MMA crew. Did I you haven't really watched oh, I've seen the odd bit of it, but not really. Here we go. Um, PT is Vince. Uh, Niall is Turtle, anyway, definitely. Um, <laughs> turtle? Is that his yeah. name? I need to, I need to look this up. <laughs> mm. I'd say you're you're Johnny Drama because you're a bit insane and you love you love conspiracy theories like that. I'm gonna go Eric Murphy then. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I I'm no, I I don't know. Yeah, maybe there you go. That's that's tweet us your answers, whatever you think. Uh, up the Dars at up the Dars asks: Do any of Lima Karshkov, MVP Daily, Rory Mac or Askren beat Woodley if they fought today? Rory Mac already beat him. No. I don't think they do at the moment, but uh, it's not. It's it's unlo- it's some close fights in there, but I, I'd pick Woodley and most of them, if not, or not of them. I think Karashkov would beat him. I rate him very very highly. I know he he lost to uh, Lima, but I think he's he, really good. Did, he, did he lose to um, to Askren as well before he got dominated wrestling wise, like Indeed. really badly dominated. Yeah, that's true. I'd love to see Askren go in there with Woodley. That'd be that'd be good. For Askren him. just I don't know. Is he ever going to fight anybody relevant ever again? No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, Amy McLean asks, worst part of my weekend, United unable to beat 10 man Bournemouth, Wonderboy getting robbed, or Habib pulling out. The Red Devils got a lucky point against Bournemouth. Zlatan should have been sent off several times. Look, if we're going by the red card count, it was 3 to 1. Would you agree with that? It should have been 3 1. And it was only 1 0. Um, 
No, I don't think uh, I don't think your man should have been booked. The captain should have been booked for the first tackle on Shaw. I thought Shaw got away, did the exact same thing, or somebody else did the exact same thing, got away with it, and then the ref is completely inconsistent. And then Zlatan, um, Zlatan actually stamped on Mings first, and then dived, and then elbowed elbowed another guy, and then elbowed Mings and didn't get sent off somehow. And he flopped again, another dive after uh, Sermon, the captain, pushed him for the sending off. Fake news. Because Latham was, a, was an absolute disgrace in that match, to be honest. He was terrible. He didn't play well either. No, more dis- dis- disgusted with that. But uh, He needs to be banned for at least three games. If he isn't, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the referee gave a free. How can he ban him? He dealt with it. No, he didn't book him, so he's allowed. He, no, he gave he's a free. He dealt with it. He spoke to him. He, he, no, he, no, he, didn't, he didn't speak to him. Latham spoke to him for three minutes. That was before. You you didn't watch the match live. That was <laughs> <laughs> Latham gave him a telling anyway, off. Told him anyway. off. And then that was the end of it. Anyway, the worst part was Habib pulling out. Liverpool it? won, so that's the main thing. Uh, Shane Whelan asks, at Wheel Talk, oh, I like that, Wheel Talk, it's like real talk with a W. Uh, <laughs> if we had the new rules, would round five to Woodley be a 10-8? No, as I said earlier, yeah. uh, you need two of the three Ds. <laughs> <laughs> 100%, yeah, definitely not. Uh, thoughts on whether MMA corner should throw in the towel more. Elkins got the win, but at what cost he's held? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I would like to see the towels come in a bit more. Uh, I'm not sure about the Elkins one, though. I, as I said earlier on, he was taking a, taking a good licking, but he was he was still going. He was still moving. He didn't let him get yeah, into the mount. Well, like, yeah. What do you think? Like maybe when maybe when um the guys are already out and the ref's not stopping it, like we've seen sometimes, or the or the guy's clearly not defending, the, the corner should throw the tail at the ref when he's not responding. But uh I think um I think Elkins was actually alright. It was it was very close a few times, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be giving out about his corner, not throwing in the tail or anything like that anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, two more questions. Andy Hall at Bootneck Andy. Uh, some great questions. We've already addressed some of them, but f- this one, from a fan standpoint, is Woodley the worst active champion currently? Um, hmm. um, yeah, probably, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's like, if you look at him. entertainment-wise, like. Yeah. DJ is pretty exciting for me. Cody Garbrandt, the knockout artist, very good. Josie Aldo, brilliant fight. I was exciting. Holloway, great fighter as well. McGregor, obviously, probably the most exciting fight. Woodley, yeah, Bisping in some good fights, but maybe not the best. He's probably up there as well. Carmia, you know, always good. Grand around me, really. I don't know. We don't really know <laughs> what she's like as a, a champion. Yeah, Ian Jacek, very good. Nunez, very good. Durand me, yeah. I'd say Woodley. Yeah, I would say Woodley in fairness. Um, but yeah. Last question from Project Foreign, great man at Project Foreign who makes our severe snippets. Make sure you go and check that out over on youtube.com forward slash severe art. 20 months later, do you prefer the Reebok kit, Reebok kit idea or do you prefer the old way of uh, each of their own? Um, yeah, I don't really. I, I think it was better when the fighters could make more money through the sponsors, but I'm used to it now and I, c- I could see the idea behind it. It was terribly executed, but. Uh... I agree with you in that, that sense. I think they'd be better off if it was the other way around. I'd like to see the fighters earning more money, but uh, it's a cleaner look, but I still think it's a terrible look. I still think they're disgusting. If they, if, if they get the right deal where fighters are actually being paid properly, um, they got a, they didn't get a very good deal from Reebok, so uh, it was kind of doomed from the start, the, the whole thing. Yeah, like if they had a deal with Reebok to pay them that and they had the exact same deal for the same money with like Monster or you know, Bud, Budweiser or something, 
that to have it on the kits, you know. On the on one side you have your name and on the other side you have Budweiser and Budweiser say yeah. if you get five grand you get Dynamic five. Dynamic fastener on the front and Tantan Depot on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they could double their money, I think it'd be good. You know, but at the moment they're not earning enough. But anyway, that's it. Another podcast in the books. This was a very enjoyable one. Um this week in Severe May, you can look out for, you go over to our YouTube channel, look up all those videos, obviously, that I mentioned before that Graham painstakingly edited. And made <laughs> well, no, I actually edited some, most of them. I just put them up. Uh, it was um, all you, Graham. Just take, take, take. No, me. No, that was useless. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Severe Art. My preview for the Brazil card will probably be up on Thursday, so you can check that out. And there's lots of more good things. As I said, check out the Severe Snippet. Anything else, Graham? I've forgetting um no that's about it i think isn't it yeah should be should be good right um let me let me get into my inspirational quote that everyone is calling out for that everyone loves here it goes worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles it takes away today's peace see you next tuesday